0: The government's new traffic light system for dealing with COVID talks about freedoms for vaccinated people, not so much for those who aren't. Those who choose not will face difficulties going to the gym or a restaurant during this red light stage that we're heading towards. Is this some kind of mandated form of discrimination against people not inoculated? Could we change the official order? Uh, Essentially putting an anti-vaxxer, somebody who medically can't get that, into semi-permanent lockdown. Really tricky questions. Auckland University law professor Bill Hodge is with us. Uh, And thanks for being free on your holiday, uh, Bill. We appreciate it very much.
1: Well, good morning. I don't have too much else to do on these holidays. (laughs) I'm virtually in lockdown, unlike important people like yourself who can Uh, go into the office.
0: Well, limited travel, but um, it's, it's a privilege to be able to get out,
1: and I accept it, it is. as It is. So you s- should be happy that you and your colleagues can go into the studio. So count yourself lucky. We are. Now, the you
0: judicial so, system so far, there have been a few right. cases. How is the system so far uh, coping, do you think, with these tricky the, questions?
1: I'm very impressed. Let me put it this way, that the government have not been firing loose cannons. They haven't been cowboys. They have used a very deliberate legislative and regulatory strategy that has been upheld very substantially in the high court. And the high court has used uh, very serious language like, this is necessary, reasonable, and proportionate response. So there have been two major cases and both of them. One of them, keep in mind we've got two general approaches here. One is lockdown, and the other is vaccination. And they've both been the subject of high court review, and the government has come through with its legislative and regulatory system totally intact so that uh, employers would be supported if they take steps either to exclude employees who aren't vaccinated or or customers. I mean, employers are also occupiers and they have restaurants and they have gyms and all sorts of things. So I think generally the legal system has supported the government's approach. And I'm looking at um, the uh, statute, which is purpose built. It's called the COVID-19 Public Health Response Act. It looks in some respects like the Sentencing Act because it's got these Quasi punitive powers of staying in place. It uses the word quarantine in several places, so there's lots of arrows in their quiver.
0: All right. When we go to the next stage, though, are we not getting into muddier waters if we're we trying to restrict had... people?
1: Yeah. Right. We so far that the High Court has upheld the lockdown, and so far the High Court has upheld the uh, pro-vaccination orders. So the next step, but I'm looking at Section 11 of the statute, and it says that a person, a named person or general persons, can be required to stay in a specified place, refrain from going to a specified place, a non-association order, stay distant from any other persons, refrain from traveling, refrain from carrying out activities, and be isolated or quarantined. So in a specified place. So they can tell you to stay at home, and then there's criminal penalties associated with it, um, as well as they make you stay someplace else. They can make you pay for it. There's even a provision to recover the MIQ costs. So, yes, uh, we are getting to a situation. We'll see how that passport works out. You want it to be a carrot saying, no, you can't go to concerts, you can't go to restaurants, you can't go to gyms unless you've got the double vax. And that's sort of a carrot. It's an inducement. But yes, there's a stick, a very heavy stick here that you can be, if you're going to not get the vax and you want to go to your office at the mayor's office in Coromandel, uh, that person could be told, nope, you've got to stay at home.
0: What are you going to say or what, what are the courts going to say when people uh, come uh, bearing the Human Rights Act and say, well, this is supposed to override all our legislation. This interferes with my rights.
1: Well, in fact, both the Human Rights Act and the Bill of Rights Act, I think you're probably better placing it on the New Zealand Bill of Rights Act, have been taken into account before any orders are made because the statute requires the minister and the director general of health to take the Bill of Rights into account and to find before they make the orders. So it's almost predetermined that there has been a reasonable and a justified interference with human liberty. The court doesn't say, oh, this doesn't violate the Bill of Rights. Of course it does. But it's a justifiable limitation. And what they've done, not only looking at the clause in the Bill of Rights it says you can – have a justifiable limitation that's reasonable. They've also looked at international obligations. New Zealand has obligations under the um, World Health Organization, under various international conventions that say you've got a duty to keep people safe from epidemics and pandemics. So they've grounded the legislation in international obligations, and the orders are being grounded in statutes which have already taken into account exactly what you say. Wow.
0: Thanks for giving it some of your thought. I really appreciate it. Professor Bill Hodge at uh, Auckland University on the upcoming uh, vaccine passports.